Welcome to the Choosing Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. In these conversations, we will be discussing an uncommon way to find joy in your life with weekly special guests. Did you know you could choose your happy? Won't you come and play and discover how these magical tools could work for you? Let's do this. Well, howdy, y'all from Nashville, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. That's right, me again. Wrote a book about it, Choosing Happiness, and I am thrilled and honored to have my next guest, Julie Rieger. Hello, Julie. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, hello, everybody. Could, do I need to turn on my Southern accent, too? Because I can. can. It's all right. It's, a it's very natural. I can, <laughs> y'all. Well, I was born in the South, but by uh, I was born from two Italian parents and grandparents that were visiting. So this is the reason why, and I was a broadcasting major, so I don't really have a lot of accent, but I like it. I think it's pretty. Don't you? <laughs> I do. It would, I have to be honest with you though. I had to work to kind of tamp it down a little bit when I moved out to California. Um, Cause it was, I kept just enough to be charming, but not enough it. to sound like a hillbilly. Uh, well, I think I've, I think a lot of it's gone. I do say y'all a lot, but my family is not like, we were not Southerners. We ended up there because of the depression. Oh yeah. My family's from the East. Do what? So that's a whole nother podcast. Oh, seriously. It's, but that was all, that was all. um, Yeah. My family's been here for a long time, but um, it was the, it was the depression. My grandfather was a glass blower and um, uh, he lost his job in Pennsylvania found one in an Oklahoma, Oatmoggy, Oklahoma. And that's how we ended up there. My mother was not a Southern woman. Wow. She was a terrible Southern woman, actually. That is a very interesting Southern place. I dated a guy. <laughs> so crazy. I'm going to drop a name. I dated Garth Brooks's brother off and on for seven years. And so I was in Oklahoma a lot, very flat, lots of cows. And I was like, geez, Louise, their accent, it's different. It's not a Tennessee Southern accent. No, it is different. Very different. And they, and they're a little snobby about it, man. <laughs> I won't be honest. They're a little partial parents, you know? Yeah. His mother used to ride me and she'd be like, girl, that is not how we say that in these parts. Oh, and I'd that's be like, funny. Well, then. So my favorite thing, I know this isn't what we're talking about, but my favorite thing though, one of my favorite sayings that I picked up in Oklahoma and I still say today because I can't help it is, um, I'm a very good driver. Like I'm, I'm a really good driver. I'm like, as part of my ADD, it's like when I focus, I am on the road. I'm a good driver. So if I'm a passenger and somebody's like looking around doing whatever, and like, they might just kind of turn a little bit off the road. I'm like, well, you're going plumb off the road. And they're like, well, how far is plumb? I'm like, it's off. That's all that matters. Get back on. That's right. No, I, I am so (laughs) righteous about my driving. That's so weird. Me too. I'm in the car. I am so uber focused. I know what the person next to me is thinking. I know if somebody's going to slam on their brakes. I know if I need to go left or right. It's like, okay, there's several ways I could get to this place. And my, the car, it's like we're one. I have know? a story about that whenever you're ready. We don't have to do it yet, but I got, no, we're going we're gonna to w- w- work our way up to that story. But I don't want to forget, uh, I have a car story where um, okay. my life was saved. Okay, so station identification break, y'all. We're going to come back to that story. <laughs> Morning, Glory. But what I'd like to do first, Julie, please tell the listeners and those watching on the YouTubes now or in the future, 
a little bit about you. I'm going to tell them a little bit about how we met, but I would like for, cause you're like me, we're a Jack of several trades or you're Julie of several trades. <laughs> would you mind sharing um, all the things? No, I don't mind at all. And I'll do the earlier stuff really fast because it's the stuff later that became really interesting. Um, but I grew up in Oklahoma and I um, uh, had a golf scholarship in college. Um, so I was like of the sporty variety um, it was kind of my path. Yeah, it was kind of my path um, of my lesbianhood. So um, it only makes sense that I was a golfer. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of true. They a lot of the women golfers, not all, but they, yeah, we got the, we got our fair share. Oh, oh yeah, it's a thing. I don't know what it is. Um, but I, you know, I played all sports sorts of sports. Like I, you know, I I grew up in the age of just past uh, Title IX, um, where girls were allowed to play sports and. Um, my mother, who we're going to talk about, um, uh, she dragged me around to every tryout for every sport in our little town of Miami, Oklahoma. And um, I became the pitcher in the Little League. I was a starter for the Boys Basketball League for basketball. Oh, I said basketball. Uh, soccer, all those kinds of things. But my mom was so ahead of her time. She's like, she told me when I was a kid, I was like um, 15. And uh, she was teaching me how to drive. And she goes, baby, that was, she's always, baby. I was also her, technically her baby. Right. She goes, you can be whatever you want to be. She goes, and you can do whatever you want to do. In fact, you could probably do it better than a man. Don't let anybody hold you back. And she goes, in fact, you don't have to get married if you don't want to. You can shack up. And if you don't want to have kids, you can adopt. That is my mother who was born in 1934. Wow was her advice to her daughter. They're almost, they were almost twins. Yeah. She was 34. Um, so that's kind of where I come from. Um, I spent a bit, um, uh, I moved to Dallas, uh, finished up school at SMU and, um, another, uh, another so yeah, right. It was great education yes. though, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, then I got into advertising and uh, once I moved from advertising, my, my, the best job that I've had in my life was I was a president at Fox Film. And, um, you know, I didn't join there until I was in my late 30s. Um, so I had grown wow. up in another industry. So I didn't kind of have the same. Well, wait, you know, still a trailblazer. Don't just pass over there. That was a month. That's you, girl. <laughs> oh, listen. <clears throat> there is no doubt. And I, and, and thank you for saying that. It's, um, I, uh, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, I thought that, you know, my scenario was going to be, I was going to marry my high school boyfriend who P.S. he's also gay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, live in Tulsa and like, you know, manage a JC Penney department or something, um, which would have been a fine life. There's nothing wrong with any of that. It's like, I feel like my life has been a bonus round. Like every time I turn around, there's something that surprises me about it. And so certainly, you know, I could have only dreamed about something Hollywood when I was a kid right. in a small town in Oklahoma. Right. So um, it was exciting and it was an amazing time in my life. I learned so much. I learned, um, I mean, I got to work with some of the greatest storytellers ever known, Jim Cameron, um, and work with some of the wow. greatest actors and actresses ever known. One of my favorite was my encounter. Um, we did the movie, the heat with Sandy Bullock and Melissa yes. McCarthy. And I love Sandy. And we were in lots of meetings with her because she was a producer on the film as an exec producer. Um, but she's it was the day as she's, oh, I, I mean, mean, if I was in it for women, she's totally my type. Uh, okay. uh, 
I, I could find is, her is maybe in hookup. Oh, she is stunning. And but in but I will tell you, in a one-on-one situation mm-hmm. or in a small group situation, she is absolutely positively brilliant. She is a brilliant mm-hmm. businesswoman. She I understands what she's doing. No, she was really impressive. Um, but my my fun like interaction like with somebody that I met was um, one morning I got to the office really early. It's about eight a.m. And I had to go up this little set of stairs from the parking lot. And that little set of stairs took you to the main level. And as I'm walking up, I'm a couple stairs up and I look up and I see Melissa and she's walking by. She clearly was there early for a meeting. And I looked at her and I, and I mouthed, I love you. And she looked at me and she goes, I love you too. And we just went on our merry ways. And that was my interaction with Melissa. And it was one of my favorite things that I experienced. Uh, It was really fun. So you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of name dropping, but it was my job and it was exciting, <laughs> but it was, you know, Mark Wahlberg, I, I, I tell you, my, one of my, oh my favorites. God, I love that guy. Cause oh. I've seen him in so many interviews as well. He's like, he's for the reels, reels. He's a, he's incredible. You know? One of my all time favorites. Oh. Um, another favorite was Dwayne Johnson. So <gasps> also known as the rock. Yes. We, we did the movie, um, uh, the tooth fairy, like back in the 2000 aughts somewhere somewhere 2007 eight whatever it was Mm. and he was in it with julie andrews and um so we have this big marketing meeting right with one of my favorites we have the same birthday anyway oh no i love him and so i think i'm trying to think of the time i was uh, so i'm 53 right now and i must have been around 40 because 40 and i know that it was like the greatest health i've ever been in like i was strong i had just uh 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 paddled paddleboard across Lake Tahoe. Like, I mean, I was in great shape. And then by the way, menopause hit, but that's another podcast. So, um, so I'm in really great shape. And after the meeting, (laughs) (laughs) fucking terrible. Oh, I, can we cuss? I just did. Okay. Uh, Okay. Um, so sorry, everybody, if that offends you. Um, (laughs) you, you don't know much about me or my podcast. (laughs) Well, I just don't know your, I don't know your audience. I just want to apologize to him if I offended anybody. But, um, so we, this is post the meeting with Dwayne and I go up to him afterwards and I put my hand on like, Dwayne, thank you so much. It was so great to have you. And I'm excited about the movie releasing. He's like, Julie, what a great meeting and da da da. I can't wait to see you again. And I said, well, next time we meet, I go, I am going to challenge you to to an arm wrestling match. And just for the record, I had already beaten some of the guys in the office. And I'm like 10 years older than them. I beat him with my left arm like that. So I'm pretty that confident. Was when I was a bodybuilder, I did the same thing. There you thing. go. See, you know. So so I say to him um, that, oh my, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, what is that? Proof. That's me in Newsweek Magazine with the big hair, y'all. Oh, is oh that my crazy? goodness. Girl. I know. Anyway. Okay. So I was never that. I was just strong as an ox. So I said to him, I'm going to challenge you to an arm wrestling match. And he looked at me, he goes, and he looks down because he's giant. He goes, Julie, he goes, I just need to let you know something. I go, what's that? He goes, I will not let you win. I said, well, that's fair because I need to let you know something. He goes, what's that? And I said, I'm not going to let you win either. And he squealed like a schoolgirl. He was laughing so hard, Uh, but just a really great guy. So anyway, so I did have this really amazing job um at fox film um and during that time which is i think why we're here is something extraordinary happened something devastating and extraordinary at the same time i say happened yeah i experienced it's um, yeah well but it, well the happen part is um my, my mom had alzheimer's 
And so the entire time that I was there, I was, you know, managing through that and it was incredibly devastating. Again, that's a different show. Um, and the incredible you thing about it in your book, I talked about a lot about the Alzheimer's in mm -hmm. my book. And, um, once she passed, um, I was so desperately grieving because my mother was like, and still yeah, is, yeah. um, extraordinary. Yeah. Like I would have never, I have asked, yeah, I could have never, if I, if somebody said you can make the mom, the perfect mom for yourself, I would make her no different than who she was. Like, that's how extraordinary my mom was. And that's where I learned my cussing from, by the way. Like, she had a mouth like a sailor. Um, I'd super come by it very honestly. Um, so what happened during that, during that, I, we're going to call it a spiritual awakening, is um, I started seeing ghosts and photographs. And that was how it all started. Then I started hearing them and feeling them and smelling them. Um, all of it, I had to go. Oh, ghosts jump on my back, all these things that happen. And so I wrote a book called The Ghost Photographer, which is really my journey through grief and the extraordinary things that happened. And I think that's why we're here. And that's going to be the story I'm going to tell you about when, uh, whenever you're ready to come back. Ah, there's your back. cue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No answers yet, Julie, but we're, we're back. On it. <laughs> it's a great um, out if you need to, Vinny, and don't take any of that out because that's you know we're we're into the real time kind of things. You're super <laughs> okay. Here we go. Then. You guys didn't don't know this, but Julie also has a podcast, so she's a pro at this kind of stuff. So I love talking, so yeah. I could do it all day. Um, I, I don't remember everything that comes out of my mouth, but I sure do love to talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, on YouTube, I just did a happy dance. <laughs> that was a really oh, good happy dance. Thank you. Um, so what, it, it was a really fascinating experience. And I have to tell you, I've reread my book and if I didn't experience, I don't know if I'd believe about half of it. I know. Right. That's how you it know? was. I did the second edition of my first book. It was the same thing. I thought, who wrote this? This is not possible. It's not possible. You, you know, yeah. yeah, I thought the same thing when I read it and became friends with uh, um, Anita Morjani, mm. um, who wrote Dying to Be Me. I thought the same thing when I'm I met. I'm to her book right now. And, oh, she's fantastic. Um, um, Danny Brinkley. Um, and I was very fortunate. They all wrote little blurbs for my books. It was nice. I read it oh. in advance. Yeah, it's nice. very, it's very honored. Um, but I, I went back and I'm like, you know, it gets, time is really good. It just puts things in perspective. And it's like, I'm not sure I'd believe it all if I didn't experience, but I did. So I do believe it all. And, you know, when you talk about happiness, when you talk about, um, when you talk about how, how you can find it and hold on to it, um, I look at my life and I'll tell you why in just a second, I'm gonna give you the outcome first is that I look at my life is this whole idea of a bonus round. And, mm -hmm. um, I especially understood what that meant um, after this experience I had on the 405 in Los Angeles. Uh, and here's the car story, y'all. Here's the car story, y'all. Here we go. So uh, my wife, Suzanne, and I, who just celebrated 30 years um, together a few days ago, um, we lived in Sherman Oaks. So Sherman Oaks is is part of L.A. It's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's the birthplace of porn. That's all I can tell you. It it is. It's the birthplace of porn. Sherman Oaks. I did not know that though. That's so funny. Sherman Oaks. It's the birthplace of porn. I was in. I was there quite a bit. We did tell us any at some. I don't know. Maybe that's where all the porn was getting 
done when they were piecing the film together. I don't oh, know. The porn was actually at people's homes. And they no. had to put signs up and give put, give people mailers that this is what was happening in the neighborhood. Oh, I had a friend that actually made quite a bit of money renting her place out for porn. Whole wow. other thing. Um, but but you got to hang your head on something. So Sherman Oaks, I guess, porn. Um, so we lived in Sherman Oaks. And I would commute to Century City every day because that's the Fox lot. Mm. And um, And my routine was I would get in my car and I would start calling people. I say, I do it like this, but that's not what I did. I had a speaker yeah. in my car, obviously, like everybody else does. And I would catch up with friends. I would talk to East Coast folks um, for business things. My ad agency was based in New York. So, like, I, like, got stuff done, stayed in touch, yeah. all those things. So this one particular morning, I get in my car, and I'm um, headed out to work, and I called five different people. Not a single one of them picked up the phone, hmm. which was unusual (laughs) incredibly odd um so i i called all these folks and and then i had um in another weird thing about that day is that my radio was off because even if i wasn't talking i had something playing right like all the distractions um so my radio was off nobody was picking up the phone so i enter the 405 um, off of Sepulveda Boulevard, for those familiar with LA. Mm-hmm. And um, I start heading toward um, Pico Boulevard, for those that know, again, the layout. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on the 405 for about five or six miles. I'm there with you. Right? So mm-hmm. um, when I get on, one of the first um, uh, exits I pass is Sunset. Everybody knows Sunset Boulevard. Yes. So um, now remember, man. there you go. Was- That's right. So note at this point in time uh no one's pick up the phone no radio and i'm here at sunset boulevard so i'm just driving along 10 and 2 like a good driver and i hear as clearly as you hear my voice don't turn on the radio if your phone rings don't pick it up well and it's a man's voice by the way and And then the next thing and i'm like and i'm sitting here going um, and uh, well, here's what's funny. I have the tendency to listen to disembodied voices more than I do humans. Yeah. So I'm doing what he's telling me to do. It's like, nope, no phone. We're not going to turn on the radio. Then he says, there's going to be an accident. And then I'm alert. I'm ready, right? Yeah. I am sitting up and I am definitely tinted to, and I am like scanning, seeing White everything. Knuckle. Oh, totally. <laughs> So within 60 seconds, I know how the time was because I went from uh, felt like Sunset an hour. Boulevard. It felt, <laughs> it did. You're right. Actually, it did. Um, I'm at um, the next exit, which is Wilshire. Yeah. And the two cars in front of me collide. Now, this is rush hour traffic, right? Yeah, worse. <laughs> right? So two cars in front of me collide. And because I was ready, I pumped my brakes to let the ones behind me know that something was happening. Because that's also, I don't want to get hit, right? Rear-ended, because then you get a part of a whole pileup. And I slammed my brakes on really hard, and I just missed the car in front of me by like a hair, right? So no no collisions that happened. Um, So I'm kind of like, and I check to see everybody was okay, right? Because that's what you do. I get back in the car, and I'm like, this is really weird what just happened to me, right? Like I've heard stories of this shit, but what just, this is insane. So I called Suzanne, my wife, and I tell her, 
what happened. And she said to me, well, who do you think it was that was telling you this? I'm like, right. I don't, I'm like, I don't know. She goes, my question. right. Who was it? Mm-hmm. And, um, she goes, do you think it was Mona? And Mona was this friend of ours that was one of our best friends lived 12 houses oh, up from us in Sherman Oaks. And she had passed, um, about six months prior in a car accident. So that's why Suzanne was kind of put in together. Was that Mona coming in? And I'm like, no, I said, honey, it was a man's, it was a man's voice. She was, you think it was your dad? I'm like, I think I would have recognized it. Um, So we go through this whole back and forth and she goes, and then she goes, wait a second. She goes, why are you so calm? And I said, because I was like aware I was ready. Like Mm -hmm. I got a tip. (laughs) <laughs> right. Something's going to happen. I knew something was going to happen. So I was prepared for it. She's just right. She's so mm-hmm. weird. She says, why don't you call Patricia? And Patricia's a friend of ours who owns the crystal matrix and Atwater village in LA. And she's also one of my teachers. So she ended up, um, uh, she taught me a trans crystal therapy. Um, she was a magnificent human being still is. I mean, I, I love this woman dearly and, and will be indebted to her through space and time. Um, so I call Patricia and, um, I tell Patricia what you all know. And she goes, well, Julie, she goes, do you know about, um, our spirit guides? She goes, do you know much about them? I'm like, eh, that was my response. (laughs) "Eh." And she's like, well, spirit guides, their job is they sign up before we go into our bodies and their job is to help nudge us you know, through life, like they're, that's their job. We are their jobs. And we can have one, we have a relationship with, we, everybody has multiple ones. They have different, they have different things they do. There's like a joy guide and she starts going down kind of telling me the hierarchy of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, an guide. it's fantastic. Yeah. The guides are fantastic. Yes. I have mm-hmm. two wolves. Um, tiger. and <laughs> oh, there, of course you are. Of course you are. Your new name, your new name is tiger. Okay. Huh? So tiger, um, <laughs> Everybody call her Tiger for now on. So, um, so she, so Tiger, you that's perfect. That's right. So, um, so she said to me, she goes, well, this was, you know, likely, you know, your spirit guide stepping in to protect you from what was coming. Mm -hmm. And I, so, and of course, being a dipshit, I said, well, that's, that's a really good thing. uh, Because, you know, they, uh, I could have really hurt that woman in the car ahead of me. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. By the way, P.S., she called me baby too. Oh, no, 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 baby. It wasn't that woman's life your guide was saving. It was yours. Because she saw it. I mean, she saw it all. She saw all the alternatives of things that were happening. And she mm-hmm. says, oh, no, baby, it was your life. And I was, and then all, then at that moment, it was the most humble I have ever been in my entire life. Right. In that Gosh. moment, I was like, oh. Oh, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. My life, my little life. Oh, what am I going to do from this point forward now that I have this information? <laughs> well, right. Well, and I'll tell you the, what, so then in my, in my head with my hair sticking up right now, in my head, I am, I'm thinking about like, wow, what the hell was going on behind the scenes for all these spirits and guides and everybody to do what they're doing. So I go to work, I step in the office and I'm like, I'm shook. Like, sure. I am shook. And I literally know what shook is. I lived in LA and went through multiple earthquakes. So I know what shook is. I was shook. Mm. And of course I'm telling people, some of my friends at work and they're going, all right, crazy. And I'm like, no, really it happened. 
Um, so fast they forward. They know you. They already know you, you know, sound mind and body and all of that. They and do. Thing that's like in another, you know, if they had just met you, they'd be like, okay, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It, it, that's exactly what they would think. But you're right. And so the good news about that is that I was very much known for being an earnest, straightforward person. Mm-hmm. I was the worst political employee ever. Like I, I, I didn't play the games. I was told multiple times that you're the worst, like, you know, kind of politics person in business. And I'm like, and cause I actually, guy said that to me one day, he goes, I don't want to insult you. And he tells me this, I go, Oh no, honey, that's a compliment. I don't want to be like you guys. I'm, I'm me. And yeah. I'm, and I'm, I wake up every day wanting to do the right thing. So mm-hmm. go back to work that day. Um, so I, I leave whatever time I leave and I get on the phone. And I call um, a woman named Pam, who is Mona's sister. Okay. So going back to Mona. Right. Because Mona, um, or actually Pam was in, um, she was in the car um, oh. when Mona had the accident, when Mona died, it was her, be- her best friend. Also, Pam's husband was in the car and he was thrown out and still to this day suffers from a traumatic brain injury. Oh so um, I, I, I used to call her every day to check on her, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. And so Pam picks up the, so I called her on my way home. She picks up the phone and I'm like, girl, you are not going to believe what happened to me today. I'm right. like, buckle up, buttercup. Are you ready? And so I tell her the story. And then she says to me, she goes, do you want to hear this second half of your story? I oh, go, no. what? Shut the front I go, shut the front, exactly. Shut the front door. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. What do you got? She goes, well, you know, this morning when you called and I go, uh-huh. And she's in East coast time, by the way. So it's three oh, hours later. Yes. And she's like, you know, I was still in bed. She says, you know, I can get depressed and I don't like to get out of bed. I'm like, oh girl, I know better than anybody does how, how you are right now. And uh, she goes, but I had the phone and I saw you calling and I went to go reach for the phone, but my body wouldn't move. Mm. She mm-hmm. said, it is the first time in my, like, I think she was 50 at the time. She was the first time in my 50 years on this planet that my body did not do what I asked it to. Huh. And Bodies are smart, y'all. Right. And so, by the way, all you got, stupid people, your bodies, listen to your bodies, by the way. Okay. Listen, always, always listen to them. Mm -hmm. So, um, she said to me, she goes, she's, well, you know, what would have happened if I would have picked up the phone this morning? Dead girl. That's what she said. And Mm -hmm. what I said, I'd be dead today. And so then we talked about, she goes, what do you think that was? And I said, is it possible that it could have been Mona holding you back, holding you down? to make sure that I was taken care of because she knew the behind the scenes. Like this is the part that I love so much about the other side mm-hmm. is the collaboration, the coordination, just in the off chance right. that we spirits having a human experience will pay attention to them. Imagine all the ones that don't pay attention, right? No, right. The work that they had to do to hold Pam down, for me to in the, to actually hold the other four callers because I did actually call everybody. I'm like, what the hell did she pick up the phone? And there uh, was some in in every case there was something reason. weird. It was weird too. Everything oh. was like it was strange. Like uh, uh, most of them actually saw me calling, but they were distracted by something else. Huh. All of these things, so yeah. I could be here today talking to you, That's Tiger. <laughs> so that's. A tiger unicorn, sorry. So that is my happiness. 
that is my bonus round. That is my, I got another shot at it. That is also was my call to be of assistance to anybody who needed me. Mm. That was my call to be truthful with myself about everything. That was my call to further studies um, because I then spent two years in mediumship school, one-on-one actually. Um, uh, That was my call to um, write a book. Um, that was my call to start a part. It was everything. And, you know, I've had people, and I'm sure you have too, that have reached out over the years, um, that have like, you know, you changed my life. Yeah. Throw away line and then come back and said, I changed the whole course of my life because of this one thing you said to me. Right. You don't hear about it until like 10 years down the road. You don't. (laughs) You don't. But but I'll tell you what I heard immediately. That was pretty incredible was this man down, um, he lived north of San Diego, and he got a hold of me. He heard me because I was on, um, oh my God, I can't believe this, I just forgot the guy who does the midnight on iHeart. Um, he does all the, your your listeners are like, Julius, bleh, they're all screaming at either the screen or their AirPods or something. Anyway, I was on this show, a radio show, he heard me, so he found me. And, uh, he goes, um, he goes, it's I feel Ryan like, Seacrest, is it? No, but I was on Ryan later. Yeah, um, okay. yeah. Um, uh, but he said, my daughter, he goes, I'm afraid she's being attacked, um, by something at night. She has scratches on her that all these kinds of things. So I went to his house. Hmm. I'm like, I'm happy to come by. Um, and and he's like, let me check with my wife. Cause I mean, it's kind of weird to have some stranger just come by your house well, and, you know, been there too. <laughs> right. Of course. Right. I feel and, like you're talking about my life. Uh, yeah. Right. That's one of the things like we have this parallel thing going on. It's kind mm-hmm. of awesome actually. And, um, so I met us, so I actually meditated before I went in and, um, it was incredible. I saw, um, marks, markings on her. Like there's one, a marking there. And uh, I didn't meet her yet. I went into the house, talked to him and his wife. And um, I said, does she have like a birthmark like right here? But, you know, kind of like in her in her third eye. And they're like, mm. yes. I'm like, OK. I just I said, it's I go, oh. I'm asking you not to be creepy. Portal? I'm asking you for confirmation. Hmm? Portal? Um, she's gifted is what it, yeah. what it comes out, is that she is a psychically gifted child. Yeah. And that's what we worked on and had discussions about and I even talked to her and I talked about her protect and I said listen she's a lighthouse just think about it this way so if you're you know in a boat a ship and you're passing by and you see the lighthouse that's your daughter it's like she is a beacon in the darkness and that's the thing about very gifted people is they could be these beacons and they attract everything and yeah. especially the dark side that wants to kind of crush them. Cause I saw all of this in my meditation before I met her. And um, so I worked with, with their daughter because it's her, I mean, I know she's three, but it's her life. It's her spirit that she has mm-hmm. to protect. So um, I brought black tourmaline with me and um, I'm like, well, tell me where they, where you feel them. And I had her place the black tourmaline in her closet, under her bed, all these things. Um, and so, I, and I still get reports to this day and my book came out in 2018. Um, it never came, it never happened again because she knew who she was and she knew what she had to do. Oh, and right? she actually acknowledged it. And she, yeah. How yeah. old was she? Is she? she um, well, she was, she's probably eight, nine now. Somewhere wow. around. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. Incredible. Listen to your kids. 
I mean, that's all I'm going to tell y'all. Whoever, like, listen to your kids. Yeah. They'll um, teach <laughs> well, they'll teach us and, and they'll also tell us. Mm-hmm. right? Like what they're experiencing. And um, especially if there were people, I'm sure everybody who listens or watches your show um, are more spiritually inclined um, to believe in a lot of this. So they probably don't struggle with what a lot of other parents do, which mm-hmm. is just deny, deny, block, block, block. Right. Well, my mother, her mother um, was a medium and used to channel for the Pope. She did automatic writing for the Pope at the time. They're all from Italy. And she said she came into the room one time when it, she heard me talking, but I couldn't really t- I mean I had a few words but I'm a toddler and I'm standing up in the crib and I'm like uh, uh, and I'm pointing at the glow people I, I was like glow people oh I'm so sorry little unicorn guy glow people glow people and you know I was thinking of like romper room or whatever had that glow worm or inchworm that glowed or something like yep. that had one of them and the bouncy ball thing which they're now outlawed because they're very dangerous anyway <laughs> <laughs> I digress um she said that I was like pointing and and for me and my eyes were like practically shut because for me the room was completely bright and what was standing before me were these four really tall beings that almost looked too big for the room and they were all were they the the north south east west giant guys is that who they were do you know who they were yes that's weird I mean I'm getting I didn't know that at the time yeah 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 yeah. okay pretty wild and what I knew about them is that they were going to protect me, you know, that there was something on it. And my mother told me later, because my dad tried to squash it all out of me. And my mom told me later, she goes, I knew you were gifted. My mother told me I was going to have a gifted child. And I kept for waiting for you and waiting for you. And, you know, she says, four kids. And she says, I don't want to have any more kids. And then I come along, number five, and then my younger sister, and I'm the one. And they actually all know how weird I am. That's okay. You know, unlike you, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to come. I just sort of was weird there is fun though. I talking mean, talking about all this stuff, talking to trees. I talked to animals. They talk back, you know, all okay. this trees. Okay. I have to tell you, we had this tree at our house in LA and, our, um, and, um, it was an olive tree. And of so course sad I you left and I named him Oliver, but here's what I did with Oliver. It, we went through two major droughts when we lived there. And so Suzanne and I became really amazing water conservationists. So Ooh. I would go collect our gray water when I would heat up the shower. Um, Cause that's just what you're throwing water away. And I collected mm-hmm. one of those big like um, Home Depot buckets, Homer buckets. Yeah. And then when it was full, I would go out and I would water um, Oliver. Oliver. So Oliver was kept alive for years through gray water. Um, and Oliver, <laughs> I would sit at the base of, of him and um, he would talk to me and yeah. he, he actually gave me things to do for water conservation. I'm a big water um, conservationist because that's our biggest threat yeah, uh, right now. I am this earth's bitch y'all. I care a lot more about this planet, even though it doesn't have a point of view about it <laughs> than I do about the people. Cause I'll tell you something, if we don't have this planet, if we don't take care of her, yeah. we ain't here no more. Right. Just saying. Right. That's just my point of view. Right. Right. Well, I have, uh, of course, friends who um, have um, looked at things, Mm. you know, the future, have the ability. Um, I've also, my friend Patricia actually taught me how to channel. So I also have learned how to channel. So I have, for those that don't know what it is, it's um, where you really surrender your body um, to a master to come in Mm -hmm. and communicate. And so... Um, I've experienced that as well. And I have people who do that and, um, we will be extinct, right? It's just, we will be extinct. 
Um, mm. Uh, not saying we won't ever be back again, but there will be a time at point of extinction. We're not near it in this lifetime, folks. So don't anybody freak out and, you know, go buy out oh the, yeah. the uh, uh, Irish butter at the grocery store, which is what I'd probably be buy out, which I probably said that. Um, so it is the best. It is. And I will tell you, it doesn't matter. It's so creamy and delicious. It, yeah. The Kerrygold. Yeah. Nothing better. Um, so I, I actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to, so this whole idea of, of extinction and the planet and stuff, I didn't know we we're going to head in this, but I want no, to say something to your, your, uh, a very quick story for your audience, um, that I learned from my co-host and my dear friend, Brenda and, um, uh, Brenda's a gifted psychic. She born, literally born time out of the womb. She starts seeing fairies and ghosts and shit. Mm. And, um, yeah and truly (laughs) one of the most kind loving human beings into strangers Mm. that you'll ever meet in your life like she really is she's here to serve mankind i mean she's that extraordinary um like when the um when the uh, uh, embodies uh, the generosity of spirit oh her she's amazing when um and she does stuff that nobody knows about like um uh when there was a tsunami that hit phuket thailand Mm -hmm. do you remember when that hit yes i do um when there are mass deaths um a lot of the spirits go to brenda and she helps direct them where they need to go i mean she's this That's amazing person. Radio, oddly, did you direct where that were? I, I didn't know that it was a job. Yeah, it's until a thing. I was in the hospital, you know, and they were keeping me alive, and my room was just full of all these spirits that had just been in the restaurant with me within 24 hours that right. were had perished. Well, they, they, they were confused, me. probably. Yeah, came with me, and I'm like, going, you can go to the light now. I didn't know right. what else to say. It was right. Almost right. You know, but they probably right. listened because sometimes that's all they, they need to do is no, need to yeah. know a direction. And it's mm-hmm. hard sometimes for spirits these days because there's so many electronics that they tend to go toward that because electronics oh, wow. has that. High, yeah. And it, like, in fact, in people's homes where I used to kind of go ghost hunt, um, sure. which we'll get into that too in a second, is because um, I'm more on the dark and earthy side of the spiritual of spiritual things. Um, I don't talk to like I'm not an angelic thing. I am more of a. I don't know, an earthly. Well, you know, I have more meetings with Aretha Franklin, which by the way, I got good news for you. We'll go into that later. Excellent. (laughs) Um, uh, But I find a lot of them um, where people's, where their, um, their power box, whatever their, that thing is called. There's a lot of ghost activity that can be Hmm. around there because of the the electricity. Um, But one thing Brenda said to me that is, that was amazing that I thought would be really helpful for folks is, um, uh, we had this discussion one time and, and she said to me something like, well, what are you, what's you, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, well, but what if I, di-? I'm like, I don't know. What if I die? I was kind of being sarcastic. And she goes, oh, you'll be back. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Do you know the pressure that that took off my shoulders yeah. where I am? So if, if I live to be one of those at the end of times kind of thing or whatever you want to call it, um, I'm like, okay, it's okay. If I have to go through that, it's okay. Yeah, you know what? Dying's not that big of a deal, y'all. No. It's like crossing a veil. I did it a few times in India. You know, right. I was like floating above the body. All of a sudden, I'm in the body. I'm floating above the body. I'm like, when is this going to stop? And then, and then I had my conversation with the Blessed Mother. At least that's what it appeared to be for me, or she showed up that way. And yeah. that's when I, I had a choice. I was like, well, damn, now I got to go back. 
Well, have you talked much about NDEs on your show? Did you want to talk about NDEs? We could. Let's do that. Okay. Um, Near-death experience. Yeah, near-death experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, I mean... Like, I cannot even tell you the number of things where my eyes have got, because I have kind of squinty eyes anyway, but my <laughs> eyes have just gone really big in one of those NDE. And um, it's a, it's such a, it's a, so my friend Mona that I had referred to earlier, um, when Mona um, died in the car accident, that was the second time that she had died in this lifetime. Mm. She had also died and came back. So she had an NDE when she was 25. So she was really the first one to introduce me to this first one I ever met that would talk about it and explain it. And she was in a hospital bed. Um, and what she saw was the top of her head kind of pop open on a hinge and she's up in the corner of the room. So she's seeing this, right? You said mm-hmm. that you were like in and out, in and out, you see what's going oh, yeah, on. I, saw, I was like, man, that's a mess. I don't want to get back up in that. That's a hot mess. And so mm-hmm. she saw her head pop open and ribbons of gold go into her head now let me tell you what happened to miss mona after that incident she had what's called claire cognizance so we all know what claire is which is clear so we have clairvoyance clear audience clairsentience like we got the whole family of claire's Mm-hmm. And um, hers is where she knows things that there's no rational way to explain why she knows it. Mm-hmm. Like they were given, they, they were dropping fun. knowledge down. Um, Mona, excuse me, I'm going to have to adjust here. Mona knew about um, the great religions with never studying it a thing. Mona couldn't read because she was like ADHD, like she couldn't focus long enough, but she knew wow. things. She also wrote a book, never have even ever read one. Um, but she had this, this knowledge and that's what I find, um, cause I've now been so lucky to, um, meet people who have published books that have experienced this, or I actually alerted a guy. There's a guy I used to work with. He was, uh, he was in ad sales for ABC over at Disney and we were mm-hmm. having dinner one night and he said to me, he said, well, he goes, you know, did I ever tell you about when I got kidnapped in New York? I'm like, no, what? It's like they had me in a bathtub, all this, you know, um, and he goes, and they, they actually took the guns pointed on, but somebody took the, the gun and they were holding it and the barrel and they hit him on the head with the, um, handle. And he goes, um, he goes, I almost died. I said, Oh, really? Almost. Cause I already knew what had happened. Cause that's the oh. other thing, folks, if you are really present and you are in your body and you're paying attention, you will know shit before it comes out of somebody's mouth. Oh yeah. And so I was already told that he had had an NDE. Lie to me. Anyway, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I was told that you he can't had lie to me, but I'm going to know you're lying. Then. Correct. Just yeah. You do whatever you want. Much, that's right. on you. Right. Yeah. No, it's not mm-hmm. on me. And, um, and he goes, well, you know, I almost died. I said, what did you experience? when you know right after you got knocked in the head Mm -hmm. and he said well it was weird he said i actually felt um uh i felt how badly i treated valet parkers i went oh you did did you and he's (laughs) like yeah he goes you know i was kind of a dick and i was just demanding and i wasn't kind and just how i made valet parkers feel and then i came back i said random i mean (laughs) Well, it is and it isn't. Well, 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 the fact that he was a dick to valet parkers is a whole other story. But um, I said, darling, 
you actually had an NDE because that is the first thing that happens oh. is the life review. And the life review is when, um, and everybody goes through it, um, that we are in a position to where we feel the good, the bad, and the ugly, how we made other people feel. Mm. Like I wouldn't want to be Jeffrey Dahmer. How about that? Oh my goddess, that right? is a crappy, crappy life review. And that's another, that is actually part of my, my moral compass is when I think about things that I want to do or say, mm-hmm. um, I think about how's that going to turn up on my life review? How can I make this a really good life review? <laughs> and that's why I believe that I'm earnest. Um, I think that's why I try to have kindness. Do I get angry? I do, but they're mainly at MAGA Republicans. Um, so I'm justified. I think God will forgive me. Um, and I don't think that will show up in my life review. Um, but it's like, it is a moral compass about my interactions with people because, um, I, I want more people in my life and and it has happened to come back to me and later to say, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get through this, this, or that if it wasn't for you being my friend. Mm -hmm. And that's happened several times. And that's how I want my life. I had a friend just recently reach out and said, because she's lost a lot of loved ones in the, like of compact in like the last three years. And right. she goes, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to deal with this. And mm. I'm just so grateful that you're my friend and I love you and thank you. Had my friend Cindy who has since passed, she was a doctor in, um, in Detroit. She's a pulmonologist and oh, wow. she was hit on a Sunday morning. Um, she was, she had actually gotten out of her car cause there was somebody who was struggling. So she got it. She's doctors, what they do. They help, yeah. right. They serve. And she got out to help somebody on the freeway. And another uh, kid was oh, driving yeah. his family to church early on a Sunday morning, lost control and hit Cindy. Oh, and, um, but s- three months prior to that, Cindy was in LA and we went to go meet her for dinner. And she said, Rieger, they all call me Rieger because they were like, Julie was the fifth most popular name in 1969. <laughs> so there were too many. So all of our, you know, our, our um, identities were our last name. Um, so Cindy said, Rieger, I want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And she goes, I just need to tell you something. And it's very important to me that you know this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. And by the way, for everybody, you can also be the one to tell people this, not to not just receive, because I have many times told people not this exact thing, but for the same reason. She goes, I just need to tell you, I need you to know that you made me a better doctor. I said, what? She goes, no. She said, um, because when we were in high school, a friend of ours was in a car accident. Uh, Her name is Christy Naylor, and she was in a coma for three months and she, I mean, for three weeks and she passed at that three week marker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, everybody was at my house this particular night when, uh, Christy's mom called and Christy was Cindy's best friend. And mm-hmm. when I, I had to tell all of our friends that our other friend had, had died. And, um, uh, so I remember telling everybody and I said, Cindy, sit down. And cause I knew she'd be devastated. And I sat there for hours and just held her hand, just showed her compassion. That's all I did. I showed her compassion. And she said, because you showed me so much compassion, she goes, I'm so compassionate with my patients and mm. my patient's family because I remember what it felt like the difference to have somebody be compassionate toward me in a very difficult moment. And then right. she said to me, she goes, how did you know how to do that? Where did you get that from? Well, my father had died when I was 13. Yeah. And the person I talked to this morning is one who I told this very story. I mean, who I called after I talked to Cindy. Uh, her name is Tammy. 
and Tammy Reese, when my father died, um, I was in talking to her sisters that were my age and Tammy's five years older. And she said, Rieger, come here. And she, we stood in the kitchen. She hugged me for half an hour, no less than a half an hour. She showed me compassion. Mm -hmm. And um, because of her, I became a a compassionate person. And that's what I told Cindy. I said, it's Tammy Reese. If you want to thank somebody, you can thank Tammy. She showed me. And she goes, well, I've shown hundreds of people compassion and I hope that they continue what they got from me. Wow. Right. And so I don't know where I was going with that other than living a life of a moral compass. You're showing, you know, how you choose your happy yeah, and how you infect others with it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm exactly right. That's exactly you know? what it is. And you, you guys, you never know a compliment or, or whatever it is. I mean, even today I was, I decided I was going to buy these little champagnes to put in my new little drink cooler that's in the new sunroom for when I teach the gla- the classes. You know, I got the Cokes and the waters, I got little champagnes, mm-hmm. you know, and the guy that I could see was having a bad day. And I'm like, Hey dude, you styling. Cause you know, he had some sneakers on big old fro, all this stuff, but you know, he was, he was put together, but you could tell that he didn't really want to be doing the job he was doing. He goes, well, girl, I dress up. And I said, I know what you're saying, girl. <laughs> he just had a moment. And then I was walking out. I was like, thank you. And he goes, no, thank you. And I knew right? what he meant by that. Exactly. You saw him. Just a minute. All you it, saw it, him. And, and you know, here's the other thing, Julie, I always lean into the energy of it. Hey, will it will actually contribute if I say something? Sometimes it won't. And I know that too. So I know when to dial it back, shut my pie hole and walk the other right, way. Right. And I know when it's actually going to be a contribution. And that's the beauty of awareness, you guys, if you're actually willing, because it's all oneness. If you're actually willing to step into the oneness that this right. universe is wanting to gift you the world is your oyster, man. You know, there, there's no way you can't know. And here's point. what I would tell people based on what you said, cause you're absolutely right about knowing when to not say anything. Mm-hmm. And because you're in Nashville, I will quote Ms. Mr. Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know <laughs> when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away and know when to run. You're not going to sing it. <laughs> no, I won't. But I would sing, um, uh, Glenn Campbell, rhinestone cowboy one day. Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I used to calm all my friends' kids that had babies. Like I would come and stay with them to give them a night's rest. And I'd walk around and singing Rhinestone Cowboy. Um, that's, yeah. that's a very interesting fact. fact yeah. It's you. weird. You know, it, it, fans will be out there being like, yeah, girl, you go. <laughs> um, same with Ronnie Mills, Ronnie Millsap. Um, who just recently lost his wife, which is really sad. But anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I met them. Um, and what a kind man and she's incredible, right? I just, she stuck, struggled with, um, kind of can't, anyways, a form of cancer that she was dealing with. But anyway, uh, again, digress again. Um, so, you know, you got to know when to thank someone, Mm -hmm. you know, to show gratitude for how they helped you. And I know that I am perfectly imperfect, like everybody else on the planet. That's why I'm still here is that Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly imperfect. And I, and it is okay for me to be vulnerable. It is okay for me to show gratitude It is okay for me to even delay it 20 years. Or actually by the time I told Tammy, I think it was 30 years. Um, and I just talked to her this morning. Like she, we are still close. I will love her through time and space. I um, will forever be grateful because she completely and utterly changed the path of my life. Because compassion, compassion, right? 
we were missing so much of it. You know, I think we used to be better. And that is the thing that I was so grateful for. That is the thing that I show and I honor Tammy every time I show it because I would not have known how. Right. Hey, yeah, let's make, let's make this world great again. Yeah. Well, let's make it compassion. Like let's, let's show compassion again, you know, because we're supposed to all be different. We're supposed, we're all on different paths. You know, we come down on the planet um, with a job of what we want to do. Um, it doesn't always go that way. Um, or, or it does. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because we're all in these different places, because we're all perfectly imperfect, because we all come down in different lifetimes and different birthday suits. Mm-hmm. Like I had a past life reading, um, where there was a time there's a life because it was five, five karmic lives that are affecting this life is, was my reading from a guy named Jade Luna in Los Angeles, just in case anybody's interested. It's almost as nice as Tiger Unicorn. Isn't it great? (laughs) Tiger Unicorn, Jade Luna. Exactly right. Um, He had actually, he had actually um, mastered the Asterian astrology, um, which is 26 signs, not the uh, 13 signs or whatever. Gosh, you could learn so much from you. We're going to have to be back on. I'm just saying. I'll gladly come back on, girl. I'll talk to you any day of the damn week. But... (laughs) One of my past lives is that I was a black man in Africa and I was the son of the village healer. And, um, and so I know I've, I've been in different birthday suits. I have been different genders, different colors. I've been married. I've been not married. I've been miserable. I've been happy. I've been all of these things. One of my past lives was actually from Egypt and cause we all jump in all different kinds of ways, you know, um, Like I'm claustrophobic because I guarantee you somebody suffocated me in a past life and I haven't worked through it yet. But apparently yeah. in, in you're what? I have a heights thing. Oh, you're well, someone probably pushed you off something um, or fell one or the other. Um, but I actually had suicide in mine from huh. back in the Egypt days. I was young. Um, I was kind of given to the palace. There was another guy and I, and I was a girl obviously. And I was quite attractive apparently. And um, we agreed to like run off together and I went to the meeting space and he wasn't there. And so, um, I committed suicide and we, and I ask, I go, well, well, how does that affect this life? I'm like, I've been very fortunate. I, I don't actually, um, suffer from depression. I have other issues, but that's not one of them. And, um, so I, the suicide actually never entered my mind and he's like, yeah, cause that past life is working right now. I He's see. like, right? I'm like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I get it. Yeah, just because you have an awareness doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. I mean, it, sometimes awareness will make your butt itch. That's just it, the it, it there, And there's that, right? But the past mm-hmm. life thing is, you know, we've all been in every incarnation. So to mm-hmm. be gracious to everyone doesn't hurt us, you know? And that's the happiness part because, you know, I don't want to go and pick fights. I, I, the exhaustion that must be for people who are racist, how exhausting must that be? Well, like you know, the energy point of view too, even it's if it's some of its karmic implanted oh. point of view, they choose yes. the family that's going to actually, you know, hold that in place for them, which is very interesting. And believe me, we're going to have to have you back because, uh, that is definitely another podcast. Yeah, it is. But how exhausting though, right? Yeah. yeah. How I exhausting to be homophobic. Because that's the other time you'd mentioned I've come out twice, right? Coming out gay and then coming out as, I don't know, weirdo, psychically, <laughs> whatever kind of person. And yeah. I wrote a whole chapter about coming out for the second time because, you know, it's a thing. 
and it's not an easy thing. Um, well, whether you're 20 or whether you're 40. Did, I can see my mother was so supportive about me because of my grandmother. So I, I have her to thank for that. And your mother told you you could be whatever you wanted to be, which yes. is so incredibly beautiful. So there's a, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, you know, yes. kind of, kind of thing. But, um, but there's a fear, right? Like, like to strangers, um, you know, like when I'm sitting, um, like when I was working at Fox and all these things started to happen and I, uh, Brenda, I took her tarot reading class. So I was reading tarot cards in the um, cafeteria at Fox. I had a line of people that would come up and I would do these quick three card readings for them. They would bring their friends. They would invite friends and family to the lot for oh me God. to read their cards, like that kind of stuff. Oh, I can't tell you how many houses I ghost busted, like on command. Um, but at first it's like, oh shit, who, what's so-and-so going to think about me? Like, it was just that little scare. This is moments of coming yeah. out. That's a real thing. And now oh, coming out, if you're gay, it's life or death in some of these States. Um, and so like coming out's a real thing and coming out, like you don't know what people are going to do, especially with this, what they're calling Christian nationalism, which I've never even heard those two words put together until recently. Um, what would they do to somebody like me? Right. Well, they would think he was a heathen for sure. Oh, well, I got that. But I, I was that before. The spirit, they're like, she must be listening to the devil. <laughs> I don't know. She possessed, you know, well, it's kind of hard to, it is a very interesting time, people. I had a friend of mine. This is a really, since you're saying that it's about the demon and, and possession thing. Um, so for the record, I've actually performed an exorcism. So P.S. That's one of my um, talents. Yeah. Oh. Girl, we should go on the road. We should be a duo <laughs> and do the damn exorcisms because I am afraid of no ghost. And I am definitely not afraid of an exorcism. But we'll talk. And we'll talk. Interestingly though, when I when my book first came out, a really sweet friend of mine, a guy, he called me and he goes, Julia, you know, I'm so excited your book is out. And he was being all sweet. He goes, But my wife. I go, Yeah, what about her? And he said, Well, um, she was asking like if you're possessed like is this a possession is this you know devil work is this all this kind of stuff because she was very religious and that's how right. she, that's that's what she knew she, right she's being compassionate because she's worried about you yeah in, in her way of course right, right? Mm -hmm. um and so i say to him his name is sam and i said sam i said sweetheart I only work for one. I said, I only work for God, honey. Where do you think all this stuff came from? Right. Where do you think it came How would you, anybody even think that there is a possession when, when everything I try to do in my life is good work, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but people have these um, illusions, right? You know, humans are great at creating illusions mm -hmm. and and they get involved in whether it's a cult or a religion sometimes they're the same um that they make them believe a certain way and then they look at people like me or people like you that there's something wrong thing. with us they don't realize that we're working for their boss and that was my message and it's been my message ever since that question doesn't come up really much anymore. But um, at first that it did, it's like, I only work for God, the end, full stop. Right. And that's the thing, it you know, it, it can look different. I mean, there's so many paths up the mountain, but the view from the top is the same. Right. We're all actually on the same team. We're just wearing different jerseys. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like that. Yeah. And it is here true. We are, we're, we're at the top of the hour and I want to keep going. So you're going to have to come back. Oh, seriously. <laughs> you're going to have to just, I have a, you know, I feel like we could just break off a whole nother podcast. <laughs> well, the first thing we're going to do is exorcisms. We're going to go on the road and do exorcisms. That'd be that's a whole other story that uh, yeah we could let's write a book do a let's, movie yeah let's all do this stuff some. i'm i'm down because <laughs> because what the movie ex the exorcist there's truth to that i saw that when i was 16 oh i saw that when i, I put was on younger. makeup so that i could pass for 18 or 21 i think at the that time in alabama with my cousin because i wanted to see it right and then i i got goose pimples on my goose pimples because i was going wait a minute there's something about this that I know is true and, and true and real and trill. Real, real and true. true. Yeah. It was this interesting thing, but you know what, you guys, we're going to leave that for our next conversation. But Julie, this has been so amazing. I don't Thank want you, to tiger stop. for having me. You get till you get enough. I, I keep on I with the full stone stop. I don't stop till you get <laughs> for those of you in YouTube land, I'm holding my microphone. <laughs> Julie, if people were looking for you, and I'm going to have all the deets about your book below and all this, sure you know, is. whatever, where, where could they find, Julie, where could they find you? Um, well, find me how? Find me to hit me directly or find me. Well, just like stuff. They, I guess they can find my book name. anywhere. Um, yeah. there's, an, there's an audible version, which is actually me, um, that I did the, uh, I, I, it was me. It was awesome too, by the way. It was fun. Um, I did it really fast. You get it in your ear. That's always good. You get me in your ear. Um, so you can find it anywhere. It's, and it's also on Audible. Um, the uh, podcast is Insider's Guide to the Other Side. And it's an iHeart podcast, which you can listen to it anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, and I'm on Instagram. So welcome to hit me up at uh, Julie, J-U-L. I can't even spell my own damn name. Yeah. Julie, J-U-L-I-E, Rieger, R-I-E-G-E-R, writes W-R-I-T-E-S. So it's at Julie Rieger writes on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's it. I think. Cool. 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 Thank you so much for being my guest. I'm looking forward to having you back. And um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you know, Click the like button, subscribe, share with all your friends, all the people that, you, you know, you sense that uh, this could be a contribution to, right? Exactly. And thank you. Thank you for listening. So thank you all. We love, we love hanging out. And, you know, until next time. Mm. Ciao, ciao, y'all. Thank you so much for choosing happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Davy, the happiness lady. How does it get any better than that?